Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Bono to Six. And Father, today, I guess kind of revealing to the audience and something I want to discuss here is that my wife Teresa has given birth to a to our first baby here. And um, I have something I want to discuss here because it's one of these things where we went through an event early on with him. He's now a couple of weeks old when we're recording this. And it's one of these things where I know I went through a lot of emotions in about a quick period of time here. And I wanted to just kind of run it through the situation. And you kind of tell me if I'm on base, off base, and kind of how to deal with this. Because there's a lot of new, obviously, with with a new baby and things that I didn't um, anticipate or, or expect before, given the fact that I've spent nine months making game plans of planning and anticipating uh, from a practical standpoint, from almost uh, managing what the activities are and, and, and how to do it as far as, you know, try to institute sleeping schedules and whatever. And to date, those have been somewhat successful, so I'm happy with that. But when we had our first uh, visit with a doctor outside of the, uh, the hospital, um, it was just a facility that um, in my opinion, from all running a business standpoints, didn't really care about their customers. They, uh, they, they had literally faulty equipment with thermometers. When you're a pediatric center, you're probably using thermometers on every single patient. And when you have three of them that are broken, um, it, it just was very frustrating to go through that. And then the spot where you are measuring temperature is underneath an air conditioning vent. Um, so as a result, we're there. Uh, my son comes in, gets a temperature that's below what they consider acceptable for his age group. Um, so we have to go to, to Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. And when I arrive at Children's, and mind you, I'm being sent to the emergency room. So in my mind, anytime I've ever been to an emergency room or have a vision of an emergency room, it's... Uh, mostly without any real-world experience. So we're talking about what I've seen on TV, people yelling stats, slamming open doors, jumping out of an ambulance, and just going immediately into a procedure. Um, because to a wide degree, that's how the birth was. Um, and I get to the emergency room at Children's, and first off, there's a metal detector, which threw me off altogether. Um, but there was a 45-minute wait before you even saw the first medical person. And by all accounts of the the process, this was just a regular Monday. This is how it, it normally was. And looking around the, the waiting room there, um, which in itself, I guess, kind of has to legitimately make sense. People probably come with people who aren't in emergency, so they shouldn't be in the operating rooms they need somewhere to be so a waiting room I guess makes sense but to have it packed with probably 400 people was mind-boggling and then doing this quick math almost like I was at a restaurant like who's going to be leaving first so what table will I end up so like how long is this wait really going to be type thing um, probably noticing that at most 20% of the people visibly had something that was needed and then just listening to the conversations people are having kind of verifying that that 
that there was a lot of people just showing up and not truly needing the, the service. And if I really was having an emergency and not knowing that my child's fine, it's just because the place I was at had faulty equipment. Um, I wouldn't need to be there. Um, I, I would have been really scared and anxious, but I actually had the opposite. I was incredibly angry, A, that I was forced here because the original pediatrics wasn't there. Um, and then as we're sitting there, I began to feel um, like I'm wasting this resource because there were people there and there are people who need emergency room services for their child. And I'm sent here because um, the place that I chose, whether I knew it was going to be like this or not, but the place I chose sent me here. And now I'm taking away valuable time of these doctors' resources that could be used on um, a baby that is actually in need. So there, there was, it went, I went from this really deep anger of essentially upset at the system with the lack of a better way of saying it to almost like an, an intense shame, like I'm wasting this time. And then we go through the process with the various doctors, which are great, by the way, Not, nothing about them that I'm trying to criticize at, at, at the hospital. Um, but as then we get through it, I, I had this immense relief that A, I was right, that there was nothing wrong with them. Um, and, and just this whole whirlpool of emotions that I went through there, um, plus multiply the fact that the time he was five days old and I'd be lucky if I had five hours of sleep over the last three days. So you add all of those factors together and um, I don't know if that's the appropriate reaction. I just remember being hitting the extreme of anger and then shame and then relief um, and such a short span, which is something that's not common for me. Normally when I get to an extreme of an anger, it takes, or of any emotion, quite frankly, it takes some building up to get there. Not, uh, not hit three of them in its eight hour span. So I don't know if that's actually a question for a, a topic or not, but given the fact that the faith is completely encompassing to every element of life, um, I figured that there would be some teachings upon that in going through such a, a wide array of emotion. Well, I, anger is a, is a response to injustice, and uh, you certainly were feeling that, the injustice of the poor quality of the pediatric center, uh, by your estimation, and mm -hmm. then also the disorganization of the emergency room and the indefinite waiting period, uh, contrary to your uh, expectations and and what you felt was your your due and what I would tend to agree was your due so um, we do get angry uh, at the in the face of injustice and then we have to decide so, you know what to do with that anger maybe that moves us to actually overcome the injustice which is what the anger is uh, intended to be for that we don't just uh, let things continue as they are but that we use that energy which is ultimately anger is providing an energy to overcome an injustice with the hope of, of actually accomplishing it. If it was such an overwhelming system or uh, other things that happened that you didn't feel like you could overcome, then fear would be the response that we would have to that. Um, and uh, 
anyway, so uh, certainly those those emotions are there and, and some fear about your baby and the unknowns that were there mixed with some anger at the system that's not helping you and the injustice that's there. And uh, it is easy to have a mix of emotions. Uh, anger is, uh, is an energy against the injustice, but just the very presence of that injustice, the, the evil of suffering that your baby might be experiencing or the, the evil of the the system that's not treating you well in terms of medicine. In the presence of evil, we also experience hurt and pain and uh, sorrow. And so there's some of that going on underneath as well. And uh, then, you know, when there is a, a good that's present and that ultimately was the good of resolution, you did in fact get in and then you also got a chance to uh, be seen and find out that your baby is fine, then the good that's present creates uh, joy, relief. Uh, you, can, you can rest in that. And, and that's also the resolution of the other things. In some way, the injustice was overcome because you, you made it through. And in some way, the, uh, the, the danger of, of suffering and, and illness was overcome because it turned out that it wasn't there. And so you have the resolution of a lot of those negative feelings just by sort of waiting it out. And uh, now if you were able to remain present to the injustice that's there, instead of just being caught up in your own situation uh, and you were able to continue being empathetic for the people who were still in the waiting room and still had terrible problems. And in their case, perhaps real uh, problems, mm -hmm. not just uh, poor equipment and uh, misdiagnosis, but ongoing problems, then, then you might be able to sustain that anger at the injustice to keep doing something about it. I mean, that's how social change happens. That's how we overcome the evils in our world is by, by confronting them in some way. And that could move you to a fervent prayer and empathetic response or even uh, you know, political or uh, you know, some other kind of action in order to, to change the system. And, and people who are able to sustain some of that energy over a long period of time have made great, uh, great shifts in our, in our country and in our lives. So, but those are, you know, it's just kind of pulling apart the different, uh, the different emotions that were there, the different passions, the ways that our, uh, your, your soul, your body was moved in the presence of some of those things that were happening. And then it's, you know, allowing those things to be guided by reason uh, that, you know, I, uh, it would be understandable, and I'm sure that there are some people who get into that waiting room and the, the intensity of those emotions causes them to blow up at the nearest person. They basically have localized all of the injustice onto the clerk who's receiving them at the door and then uh, overcome the clerk and, you know, in order to overcome all of the injustice. Of course, that's not guided by reason. That's, uh, that's irrational understandable but irrational and ultimately doesn't lead to a, a change in the situation and it wouldn't be a virtuous response but being able to hold the the anger in check to a certain degree and, and apply it in the right direction again it's more a matter of the system or uh, even just uh, the enemy the, the devil who causes division and, and stirs up kind of broken structures maybe it's also appropriately applied at um, you know, some, some government funding situations or some ways that healthcare has been regulated, the way that insurance has uh, been put in place. And, you know, there are a lot of different ways to 
allow reason to direct our anger at the appropriate place where change can take place. And and that's uh, that takes a lot of virtue. You know, I think it sounds like it as you think about that. I go, wow, you know, I, I just want to like destroy the situation that I'm in to actually sustain that anger and, and direct it in a more long-term path and to confront the people that need to be confronted and to sustain that beyond the kind of immediate situation that I'm in. Wow, that really takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot of freedom and it takes a lot of, of uh, reason and insight that ultimately is also purified and elevated by God's grace as Jesus is also, he tells us, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for justice, for they will be satisfied. But that's the long-term thing in terms of the Beatitudes and not so often overcome in the short-term situation. Our, our emotions tend to be more short-term things when they flare up and actually putting them into the long burn of uh, overcoming uh, social injustices is uh, really takes a lot of a lot of grace, a lot of freedom, a lot of virtue, and uh, it's holy people that do that. To go back to previous episodes, so anyway, just a a little look at the emotions that you. Thank you for sharing those. It takes some vulnerability to admit the things that are going on inside of us, our thoughts and feelings, and uh, and and hopefully just looking at you know analyzing your situation helps our listeners to think of their own situations and how those intense times of feeling could be steadily transformed into uh, purpose and virtue. Yeah, as you said, there was, during the uh, the 45-minute wait just to see someone in the first place where basically he was going to say, go immediately down this door into the area where the doctors are or sit over there, um, just in that time period, there were certainly a number of guys who, who did explode at, at the security guard who was the first person you made contact with, which um, it is what it is. And as you were going through the explanation of essentially keeping your emotions in check, it's it made me think of something I remember being taught in preparation for my confirmation, which was the uh, importance of, of the concept of delayed gratification. Now, obviously, blowing up at someone is, is not an acceptable form of gratification, but that that concept of, of not immediately letting out and going after what your emotions want in the moment um, is the same type of, 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 of idea. Now, people might not directly correlate, well, how is me not exploding at someone the same as not gluttonizing and eating every single Oreo ever made? Um, but it is the same concept. It's just reduction of a negative. Um, and, and as you were saying about the steps to move forward, uh, you know, my, my thought process was was a, a, not in the big grand scale of creating a, a, a political movement or, or anything like that. I think that there's a, enough things around healthcare that, um, like I said, this has been my first experience. I mean, obviously with her giving birth, I was in a hospital, two different hospitals in a span of a week because the birth, you're in a hospital, and then, then this experience when he was five days old, um, they were... The hospitals themselves were great. It was just the way that the, the people used the system. And my thought behind it, the whole thing, was this is just because people are afraid of getting sued. We send them here because they're considered the most powerful medical authority being Children's Hospital. And if they give you an okay, um, there's no fault with me sending you there. So therefore, there's, in my opinion, no accountability to the sender because, hey, what can it hurt? It's an abundance of caution. 
Well, in reality, who it's hurting is the people who actually need this attention, and you're denying it by essentially not having the courage um, to make the proper diagnosis and or flat out the running a management system appropriately to actually care about your customers to invest in technology that you use every single day. So literally $100 could have saved, how, how knows how many people that got sent there. Um, and, and in regards, to the, so I, I look at it from that perspective and, you know, obviously there's many moving parts to get to problem situations. Um, yeah, I think that that's true with everything, but you know, am I going to to, to that protest, um, to the, the pediatric center, and, and and putting up signs or, or blowing up the internet about them, or which is certainly an option. Certainly, I think within my rights um, as far as how they treated this situation. Um, but in reality, I'm, I'm kind of treating it the same way that people, most people, treat a, a restaurant they don't like. Well. That pizza sauce wasn't as good as somewhere else's. Rather than making a big fuss about it, I'm just going to go somewhere around the corner and never really tell anyone. And, uh, you know, ultimately, that that is still delivering a message. Um, you know, you're not buying that guy's pizza anymore. You're buying someone else's pizza. Now, do they? does that pizza place you said I'm not going to anymore care? Well, if they need to care because they don't have enough customers, they will. Um, but if there's enough people that are willing to deal with that style of pizza, well, then they don't need to care. And it could be that I'm wrong. Like the, I, I could just have a wrong expectation of what I should have received. I highly doubt that's the case, but that could be the case as well. Um, so I, I, I'm trying, I was trying to keep all of those types of thoughts um in line as well, because, you know, I, I, there's, I don't want to deny the chance that there's a strong possibility that I was wrong. That's why I wanted to start with kind of the baseline of, of what I was going through and, and, and what I experienced through it, because, uh, you know, I, I think that that's a, you said it required vulnerability. I, I think it's something that's necessary to be able to, to, to function in this world of being able to have everyone's voice being heard to have a starting point of, and maybe I'm the one who's wrong here. Let, let's evaluate that. So that's why I appreciate you going through the, the explanation you just gave there. And, and um, as far as me moving forward, because I'm assuming that many people have had, maybe not this exact experience, but something that can correlate to it within their lives. Well, I, I'm, uh, I have almost no experience and very little knowledge about the details of how the medical industry functions. And uh, I, I guess I am not surprised at what you described in your experience, just from my kind of secondhand experience of some of those structures. And so I don't really know. I get the impression that um, just to taking the capitalist approach of uh, competition providing better results uh, is maybe not effective, actually, in the medical realm because of how insurance works and because of necessity and because of limited supply and, and some of those things. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just get that impression and, and mention it. Um, my realm is the... Uh, more the, the realm of sp the spiritual and, and thus also the question of discernment. And so 
I guess what I would put back to you, Joe, uh, and maybe this is really already the fruits of your prayer and reflection uh, to just say you're going to, you know, give them kind of a, a, a negative review or at least a not going there again uh, decision is, is uh, do you pray about that? And what does the Lord want you to do? And, and I think uh, those are, because ultimately the sustaining the kind of energy to facilitate a change is uh, hard to do at a merely human level. I think having the kind of conviction, I don't know, I guess people are, diff- are motivated by different things, but, but I, I would think that having the kind of conviction that can sustain a, a prolonged effort uh, requires some uh, some divine foundation, uh, so, something that really cuts to the depths of our principles, and and so just but just to say, you know, is it is it? I think it's worth praying about um, the experience and not simply leaving it in the rearview mirror and asking at least asking the question, Lord, this was painful for me. Uh, I'm probably one, two, or 10 degrees less sensitive and less vulnerable than a number of other people who get caught up in the meat grinder of, uh, of some of these systems. Uh, is there something that I should do, can do, in order to make a difference? And, and then just to uh, open that up in prayer and, and see what's happening in your heart. And Maybe some inspiration comes, maybe some resolution comes, maybe just some intercession for other people who are dealing with this, uh, not to exclude, and I'm being very sensitive because I know lots of medical people and I'm not trying to point the finger or cast blame in any of those things. There's really no single individual who's responsible no. for any of these things. It's kind of a complication and a compounding of a lot of different things going on. And I think individuals can make a difference and, uh, if, if every individual did their best to make things more efficient or to be more responsible, to, uh, not, to pass the buck one degree less, then I think a lot of these things get better. Uh, there may be structural changes that need to happen before they can really become optimal. And, and maybe there are other approaches to healthcare. I mean, you know, the whole idea of having a family doctor where there's a real relationship and somebody can be honest and they're not worried about you being sued, you know, where we have real lines of trust. I mean, that seems to me that to be the thing that we should be aiming at. Uh, we don't have a lot of that. And so we have to fall back on structures where trust is, is established through a kind of justice that's uh, litigated in uh, systems that you know, just anyway, people go after exorbitant amounts of money to resolve some of these problems, or, or it only actually raises to that level when something really drastic happens. And so then people out of grief are, you know, trying to get vindication of, anyway, it's, it all becomes a mess very quickly. But, you know, just to say, um, maybe there's some, some inspiration or some guidance. And I think in general, you know, just to abstract one degree from your particular experience, a lot of us have experiences of different things like this that cause us pain and distress where uh, there are some people that get good at emergency rooms. That's a skill I hope to never have and wouldn't wish that on any of our listeners. Probably all of us are out of our element in some of these realms. And so uh, we have very emotional experiences and difficult experiences. And there's a, a temptation to just leave that behind and not think about it again. And 
And there's a kind of trauma there. It becomes a, an experience that we don't really integrate into our lives. And uh, then if we are pushed back in that direction, we're already kind of traumatized by that experience. And then it's one degree more intense the second time around, or even the thought of it. And so that can cause other kinds of weird behaviors. So just, just taking these things to prayer and, uh, and, and doing like you're doing now, Joe, talking through them with somebody who can help us to process it. And then asking the question, you know, is there something further that I can do or should do? Uh, is there some positive contribution I can make to help somebody else uh, who might be in this situation? I think those are really good ways to integrate these into the bigger picture of our life. And, um, you know, just like I say, open the door for being perhaps the catalyst for something good that could come out of uh, a bad experience that we personally had. And, and that's what I hope sharing this conversation and podcast with what we'll do um you know because at, at this point in time you know aside from making sure that i'm not sent there again for no relevant reason um i i, I can't really think about something i can do that can fix the problem in immediate short term i can't make make people not afraid of getting sued um you know that crutch um on our, our economy in general is massively problematic it is a weight that um that no one talks about because it's invisible but it's a um it's a massive problem and maybe not the ultimate cause but in, in my opinion certainly a contributive factor um that is adding gasoline to the particular problem i went through and um problems in many realms of what i deal with in my business in general so maybe i was already pre-alerted to that and that's what i came from there but um as you were talking about trying to keep everything in check and and praying through what you were going through um you know we were there for eight hours we we, we did quite a bit of that and that's where uh we uh we, we came from with the solution of let's just kind of as you said keep our head down get out of it because at this point the best thing we can do is stop wasting the doctor's time so let's you know make sure everything's obviously good here which Again, we kind of knew it was, but get down, get out, open up their time for someone who's going to need it, need it much more. So um, with that being said, we hope that, that this experience helps people out there and and we can move forward and um, we'll be with you guys again next week. Father, I'll give you a chance to give the last words here. Well, and just uh, I, I should have said it right away, but a, a hearty congratulations and praise <laughs> the Lord for the birth of your baby and uh, hope that that change in your in your family in your own life is uh just a continual source of of joy as as it will also be of growth and uh in all of the ways we've, we've just been talking about and and then just a a request for all of our listeners to pray uh you know i think you described so well joe the, the situation of that emergency room and that's happening every day for a ton of people that poor security guard the the nurses that often work 12-hour shifts and are in those situations that are just inhumane the doctors that have to deal with a lot of stuff and are tempted to reduce people to chattel that they just drive through a system it's a lot of temptations for a lot of evil to thrive in those circumstances so please do say a prayer for for uh, people that are that are in, in the mix of that, patients and doctors uh, every day. Absolutely, and, and quite frankly, the whole emergency care system, um, including fire department and, and police, is in all that same 
category. It's it's crazy like that. So uh, absolutely a great thought to end on there. And we will uh, we will be with you again next week.